Welcome back to Financial Therapy. It's not just about the money. I'm personal financial planner, columnist, and financial therapist, Rick Kaler. Research tells us that 90% of all financial decisions are made emotionally, not logically. For nearly four decades, I've been helping people make better money decisions. So what makes my financial worldview different from most financial experts? I blend the nuts and bolts of financial advice with the emotions that drive making them. Good money decisions are not just about the money. So let's get started with today's episode. Well, welcome back for another episode. And I know I left you on the edge of your seat last time because we're talking about being an executor of an estate. And if you haven't listened to the last episode, I'd recommend listening to that so you can be up to speed because now we're going to be talking about how much does the job of an executor pay? What am I going to earn? <laughs> All right. So um, let's talk logically for a minute. Uh, the The average executor is going to spend 550 to 600 hours, 18 months of their life being an executor, doing everything from making high-level decisions to, to sweeping out the uh, garage floor and inventory and collections, all sorts of stuff. Going to be spending nights and weekends and lunches doing this. Do they deserve to be compensated? Well, there are professionals that do this for a living. Oftentimes, uh, bank trust departments or trust companies can do this. State law will actually provide for the payment of an executor. So it would appear society thinks that executors deserve to be paid. Of course, logically, of course, that's a big job. Of course, the executor deserves compensation for that. But think about this, how many kids are asked to be executors, right? And we talked last time that it, it's looked upon to be a, um, a privilege, an honor to be asked to be an executor. And I don't know, I, I have never heard of someone who's asked to be an executor, which is usually a child, right? Parent asking a child. Okay, all right, I appreciate your trust in me. And let's talk about this, this job. Let's talk about what it entails. Let me assess whether I have the time and competence to do it. And by the way, uh, mom and dad, what does this job pay? There is a societal money script that would suggest you do not ask what an executor job pays, uh, taking money to perform what is an honor would be selfish, would be rude, would uh, set up, would be contentious would be conflict. And indeed, the conflict part could be really true. I don't think most parents are ready to hear, great, how much does the job pay? In a healthy family, um, this will probably be talked about. And mom and dad will probably realize this, that of course we've got 
to pay our executor? And that question would be met with facts. Oh, well, let me tell you what it pays. Here's, here's what we're setting aside to pay the executor. In a healthy family, uh, mom and dad would maybe even bring it up and, and probably insist that if you aren't going to take compensation for this, we probably need to look for some somebody else. And as I said, also in a healthy family, mom and dad may even name a professional executor to handle disposal of the estate. So as usual, communication and honesty, transparency of feelings, authenticity, all are really, really important. So here's the other thing to think about is when there is payment involved in being the trustee, this can be a source of conflict, not only between parent-child, executor and maker, but between siblings. So consider the fact where every kid is named an executor. They're all co-executor. And there's going to be payment. So every kid gets the same payment. Okay, you probably can already sense into a problem. And this is a typical problem in any partnership. Who's going to do what? And who ended up doing more? And who ended up doing nothing? And they all get the same pay. So it would be probably good to think through this and think through this emotionally that how would it be if your name co-executors with your siblings to say, let's all track our hours and then we'll split the pay up proportionately. Do you see any problems with that? Sounds very logical, right? It's very logical. Is it possible you could have a sibling that just refuses to go along with that because we should all be doing this gratis. Mom and dad did so much for us, we're not going to take pay. Or will everybody be honest with their hours? Is every task worth the same? Is going through inventorying and sweeping the garage floor worth the same as higher level organization, administrative tasks, legal tasks, things like that. Well, no, they wouldn't have the same pay. So we, we were fraught here with emotional landmines, right? So this is one reason to turn down being an executor if you're a co-executor with all your siblings. And you find this out ahead of time, or your parents tell you that, or you find it out at death that you're co-executor with three of your siblings, you may want to say no. So uh, typically I recommend that parents just name one child as their executor. That way you're taking on the job. Could you hire a sibling to perform some tasks and pay them? Absolutely. I think it it is... Uh, less problematic if one person's doing it. But that also sets that child up for a lot of criticism from siblings. And we know that in 19% of estates where a sibling is executor, there are siblings who feel they were cheated and um, 
that the sibling did underhanded things that were uh, objectionable. So it, it doesn't really matter which way you go. There's going to be emotional issues in this whole thing. It's uh, trying to assess which is going to be the path of uh, least conflict or potential for uh, emotional engagement. As I said before, every state allows for the compensation of executors. I live in South Dakota. South Dakota says the compensation must be reasonable. <laughs> I kind of find the pay scale of our statutes a little comical because reasonable is considered 5% of the first $1,000 of the estate's value. And when I first read that, I was like, 5%, that must be a million. Or is that 100,000? 1,000, $1,000. Then it's 4% on the next $4,000. And then 2.5% on any value above that. So an estate of 500,000 could pay up to $12,585 in executive fees. I just have the sense that this law might have been put into effect 100 years ago when $1,000 was probably more equal to, I don't know, $50,000 today or $100,000. But I, I just find that a little comical. But, you know, on $500,000, that's roughly 2.5% of the estate. Or on a million dollars, that'd be $25,000. On uh, $4 million, that's $100,000. So the state expects and says it's reasonable to pay an executive. The statex.com, which is a company that sells um, estate management software, and we talked about this in our last session, finds that uh, the average is uh, 570 hours of work. And the average compensation paid from an estate to an executor is $18,000. All right. So if you divide that by 570, you find that it appears a reasonable wage is $31.50 for 58 cents an hour. In addition to the executor fees, the average estate off uh, will spend a little over $12,000 on legal and accounting fees. So that's $30,000 the average estate will spend. So depending, depending on your profession, depending on your situation, $31 an hour could be pretty good wages. And it's a tough job that requires a lot of knowledge. Or $31 an hour could be a serious pay cut in what you do. So this is something that uh, really needs to be uh, taken into consideration. And we talked about it at the end of our last episode that rarely when you're asked to be the executor of an estate is the question raised, how much does it pay? And I'm suggesting to you that we absolutely need to cover that with the uh, maker of the will. Failing to uh, 
discuss that could set you up for a big surprise. There's fees that are typically mentioned in the will for the executor, and I've, I've seen them written to where the, the executor can waive the fee. Kind of like, well, yeah, we'll pay it, but if you don't want to take it, it's completely okay. Kind of a a suggestion that, well, we, we need to make a provision for this, but we really don't want you to take it. And, and think about it. If you've got siblings and you're taking a fee, that means it's, that fee's coming off the top. That means your siblings get less. And this is exactly how it can be viewed by your siblings. Like, wow. How selfish that my brother, my sister, took $20,000 and, let's just say there's three siblings, $6,500 of that was mine. I feel cheated. They didn't do that much. I mean, I think you can see how, how this is a setup for conflict. And according to the executive, estate people, 44% of wills experience family conflict. Now that's just conflict regardless of who the executor is. And I said that 19% of beneficiaries perceive misconduct by the executor. Misconduct. So the stories are unlimited and you probably know of some where a beneficiary, a sibling, felt ripped off by another sibling that was the executor, felt they made really poor decisions, felt maybe they hid money, they gave money away inappropriately. It goes on and on. There, there was a story that I cited in um, the column, and, and those will be linked to this, I hope, in MarketWatch blog where a beneficiary said that his brother blindsided us, that's a quote, blindsided us with a $20,000 fee to be the executor of our mother's estate. Now, after a little bit, this person conceded that the fee was reasonable, which it was, right? The average is 18000 It was reasonable. But he said, you know, it would have uh, been helpful if everyone had been aware that my brother was going to be paid for this. So there is another emotional minefield to try and disarm, which is not only letting everybody know who the executor is, but letting everybody know how much the executor will be paid. I mean, even, even just that they will be paid is important. Now, why wouldn't parents want to do this? Well, just imagine in some families having this family gathering. Okay, of you three kids, I've named Marty to be the executor, and because our estate is worth uh, $4 million, we're going to uh, pay Marty $100,000 to do this. <laughs> what do you think 
the response will be? What do you think the feelings will be around that? In a healthy family, there'll be an acknowledgement, yeah, that's going to be a lot. That is going to be a lot. And that, that's fair. That's reasonable. We'd like Marty to be paid for this job. And in other families, talk about money scripts and emotions coming up. This could be, could be it. It's really important to do this before a person dies, before the, you're in this situation. Because think of this, you know, when the person has died, there's a typical grieving process. And it's a time when uh, there's a lot of emotions that, that can be coming forth or a lot of emotions. They don't necessarily need to be coming forth. Emotions can stay absolutely buried and bottled up, but it doesn't mean they're not trying to get out. I like to liken this, I think, was it the cookie monster that was in a garbage can and would bang up against the lid? I don't know. I may be mixing things up, but it's kind of like um, these little in internal family system speaks. We, we call them exiles. These feelings and emotions and parts of us that have been squirreled away and hidden away to keep them quiet, to keep them from having their feelings really get activated and they're, they're trying to get out. And then we're spending lots of energy to try and keep them down. And um, we have not as much energy left then for logical conflict or logical issues going up. Like my brother's going to get $20,000 to be the executor. And that's potentially 20000 less of the estate. And that's less money that I get. So... It's really, really helpful to have these discussions prior to the maker even dying. Something else to consider is to uh, help everybody understand that appointing a, an executor can actually save money to the estate. I think it'd be reasonable to suggest that a professional executor could cost even more. For example, uh, going through sorting, doing an inventory, cleaning up the house, doing things like this could cost several times more to have a professional company do that than what even an individual, even a family member would be willing to take hourly. So an executor's statutory fee, in other words, the fee that's allowed by law in South Dakota, that would be say two and a half percent of the estate, is likely to be less than paying an attorney to be the executor of the state or a professional trust company to be, pay, be paid to, to do this. And then them hiring professional people to, to do these more uh, menial or labor-intensive jobs. I think that that kind of hits what I wanted to say around this issue. Uh, another thing to realize is that the uh, executor fee is uh, taxable income, and so the IRS treats it uh, just like a job, and of course it's deductible to the estate. In the end of the day, the 
real takeaway here is to have full and open conversations. If you are the maker of the will, when you appoint your executor, let them know. Let them know what it entails. Let them know what it pays. And give them the space to say no. And if you are the executor and are approached, yes, there is a, a slice of honor to this. But let it be just a slice. There is a huge task here that requires a lot of competency uh, that needs to be uh, discussed and decided upon you. Do you have the time and capability to do this? And if you do, what is fair and reasonable compensation? And it's just an emotional minefield when we get into asking for money for a job, isn't it? Money scripts of, I don't deserve money. Money scripts of, if I ask for money, then they're not going to like me. Or if I ask for a raise, my employer will fire me. I mean, all of these money scripts are just emotionally tied in here to looking at this very logically. So this is a, an area where if you struggle with or you're approached and you feel overwhelmed, might be a great time to engage a financial therapist to help you sort through all of the landmines and the feelings and the thoughts and the stories that you carry within you to really sort out what is in your best interest to do. And probably, I'd say almost assuredly, what's in your best interest is in the best interest of the estate, best interest of your parents, whether it is not to do it or to do it. So I hope this is uh, giving you something to consider, something uh, a little different. And um, as always, if you have questions or follow-up questions, feel free to email me at podcast at kaylerfinancial.com. Take care and I look forward to being with you next time. Thanks for joining me, Rick Kaler, for another